Hey everybody, this is Scott greeting you at the top of the episode just to give you a warning that for some reason this full conversation wasn't all the way recorded. I just got done editing the episode and I got to the end or what I thought was the end and the conversation just cuts off. So that has rarely if ever happened on No Small Thing. And it's a bummer because I know the last part of our conversation about ambivalence was pretty good if I remember it right. But um, yeah. You're going to get over an hour's worth of content on this episode that I think is really fun. This topic on ambivalence was a lot of fun and awkward. Ah, we just did an episode on awkwardness uh, to record. So I hope you enjoy the conversation, but it is a bummer. I mean, I'll probably come at the end of this episode again to say goodbye to everybody um, just to make it less strange. But uh, I'm sure it's going to feel weird because I know there's momentum building in the part where it just cuts off and it's going to be a bummer just to have that. But I'm just giving you an explanation. Hopefully the conversation is still worth your time. Hopefully you find a little joy out of this. And actually, we already have another episode on the way that I might release tomorrow. And uh, that will be hopefully making up for it, maybe. (laughs) Anyways, uh, Mace just texted me and reminded me that we're human-sized podcasters. We're good enough podcasters. We can make mistakes every once in a while. Uh, But having said that, uh, yeah, I really hope you enjoy this conversation on ambivalence. Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I'm Mace. Welcome to episode 192. Yep. You clicked on it. You saw what it was. We're doing it. What if so? <laughs> ambivalence. Yeah, you sounded ambivalent. <laughs> yeah. Are you excited? We felt ambivalent about choosing a topic this week. What? No. Speak for yourself. <laughs> 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 what do you mean? Did we not have? I, I was going to say indecision and ambivalence, I think, are different. And I feel like it took us a while to decide. <clears throat> I I am a pretty, um, I'm pretty hot and cold when it comes to decision making. Mm. And, and if we really get deep into ambivalence today, maybe I'm going to learn some things. But because these could all be defenses warding off ambivalence. But I like... I like, you correct me if I'm wrong here. I like to be very clear. I like to say no and yes. And I think sometimes when it comes to choosing episodes, I don't want to insert my opinion too much. So there is a posture of ambivalence as to allow you some more space to decide, to decide, to to think. Right. And I'm genuine. I'm not going to be like, I want ambivalence this week. I want that. And that is my opinion. It, you know? I do feel like between the two of us, it goes back and forth of like all these ideas, all these ideas, both of us. And then you're like, okay, these ones is what it could be. And I'm like, okay, between those, it could be these. And you're like, okay. You, I feel like you, you rarely want to say, have the last word of what it is. Totally. Absolutely. And I'm like, okay, it's going to be ambivalence. Then. Well, even with uh, taking our picture tonight, it's like, <laughs> I, 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 I actually re- respect and, and trust your, um, photographic lens better than me oh so i'm always like i don't really i I mean look at our instagrams yours has always been way more creative it's like you know people make fun of me for having like a dad account and i'm like i actually feel like when it comes to videos i'm pretty artsy right but when it comes to photography i just don't 
get it. Like, I can appreciate good photography, but I don't really know how to take a great picture. I mean, I don't take great pictures either, but I think I take funny pictures. Or No, I think you take good pictures. I think you have a good eye for a good picture, and I think you're a good... Well, thank you. You're good. You have a good eye. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Oh, here we are, ambivalence. Here we are, ambivalence. Okay, before we get in, I have two thoughts. Mm-hmm. Two thoughts to start us out. Mm. Just to set the table. You know? I'm going to steal that make it a new jingle. <laughs> Two, Two thoughts, thoughts to start, start us out. out. <laughs> um, okay. Two that I think I I think I need to say for myself to free this space up for listeners and for myself. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the first one is, I guess, maybe what are we doing here? Like, what's Whoa, our project? What are we doing? For anyone who has listened to us... For a while, you know our project. Probably you're like, Mace, we know. What's our project? But for anyone that's maybe like ambivalence, clicked on this podcast, doesn't know it. Our whole shtick is invite you to live a lesser, more curious life. Also, our shtick is that we're friends that this is our playing. This Mm. is us having a good time. This is our Thursday night. This is Don't judge us. We're having a good time. This is a play date for us, essentially. Like, hey, four years ago almost, someone said, you guys just started a podcast because you guys seem to have a lot of fun talking together. And we said, okay, we will. Mm-hmm. And here we are. And now it's become like a bigger project than just what wasn't originally just like a for kicks and giggles thing. But it also still is for kicks and giggles. Kicks and giggles. And is what? I saw a post today that said, I don't, I don't trust a man that doesn't giggle. <laughs> <laughs> That's true though. <laughs> Honestly, though, that's like legit right there. Um, So this is truly, I think at the heart of this really is just like a fun, I think a play date and a play activity is the best. Like Scott's going to come over and we're going to play podcast tonight. Yeah. And so that's like what brings us here, what brings us to the table. It's cool and amazing and something we love that there's people that have, that listen, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. enjoy that get something that join in on the conversation. That's awesome. Partially why we put it out there. I mean, we right. could also just not put it out there, but we want to do that. <laughs> could you imagine if we did this, we recorded it, oh my you edited it and then just sent it to me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's a wild idea. But I also, this is a side mm-hmm. note. I also had this one professor that once put out this idea of like, if you really love an art form and you are a consumer of that art form, you like, it, like, when are you going to start creating in that art form? Yeah. Like, take no, that it makes up. A lot of sense There's a lot me. of hope in taking it up. So I think for uh, us... Because otherwise you're just a consumer. Right. For us, we're both, I mean, big podcast listeners. Yeah. Like, constantly listening to podcasts. So I think there's also something fun of being like, listen to podcasts and participate in creating podcasts. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the project. Second thing of my two things to say. I, Mace Mooney, have a funny little voice in my head we love <laughs> we actually don't love very much it's gotta, a love gotta hate. love and welcome it, it in. is truly ambivalent how yeah. i feel about this voice that is kind of always concerned about how anything we say could be read by the audience one of the things i suggested as a topic for this week was perception and i think we are eventually in due time for that like how people perceive us and i imagine a lot of people relate to this of kind of being probably err on the side of overly cautious and overly vigilant about how people perceive you. There's also probably the other side of people who don't give a shit about how people perceive you and in a way that may 
be damaging because you're not seeing your impact and how your words can be taken up. So there's got to be some kind of middle ground, is my guess. <laughs> Do you have thoughts? <laughs> Keep going. You're expressing yourself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Thank you. I am expressing myself. But I think that for this podcast, we also want to say this is really truly us, like trying to have a playful conversation where we both feel, Scott and I think both really believe in this idea of saying things out loud, seeing how they feel, processing in the moment, and being able to say something and then be like, wait a second, there's more to consider. But I, but I wouldn't have known there was more to consider actually if I had I not said something out loud because the thoughts came out and it brought something new to the table. So that's kind of, we want to be able to get into that headspace of feeling free to explore and go on tangents or bring up things that are maybe random or, you know, go down a rabbit hole that is something very close to our own perspective. Now, with that being said, I sometimes come in with this voice of like, we're missing this part. What about this? What about this? And it can be a slight tyrant to the play, I would say, when there is something that's like, so concerned about how something could be perceived by a fake person I've imagined in my mind who might be listening and feeling in a certain way. So that's, I can't control that. I can't control that as much as I'd like to. So I'm trying to practice relinquishing some control of how things might be perceived. (laughs) And with that comes an invitation for listeners that if you're listening and you have more to say to something that we're talking about. You think they've totally missed a part of this. Their perspective is off. They are, they got this thing wrong or I want to add something to it. That's really, really welcome and actually like invited and encouraged. And I think that's part of like, if that's the premise that it's like, hey, there can always be pushback and we'd love to hear it. And we like, I think we'll always take it in and, adjust based on those kinds of things so that invitation is open if you're like hey you're kind of always forgetting this perspective <coughs> or hey you've, you've, you've missed the ball on this bring it forward we'd love to hear that and in the meantime we're playing here yeah like that's that's really what's happening here is we're wanting to give ourselves kind of this space to play and explore and go down rabbit holes like some people have said this podcast is indulgent and that's one thing we'll say like we are we're indulgently going down rabbit holes or and I think that's another piece to add is like we both believe in free association so the topic tonight is ambivalence and we will get to it but that idea is ambivalence is on the table and what emerges from that may bring us somewhere that you're like where is the ambivalence but that's the topic brought us there and that's kind of our goal. It's like if we curiously explore something, where will it take us? We'll see tonight. Yeah, you're just such a good communicator. When you get on a roll like that, it's just gold, <laughs> solid gold. Um, I feel like I just need to get these things off my chest. So yeah, but that was that was sort of an unintentional no small thing reset because I think I think it's like this idea. I mean, honestly, like I have no idea really truly at this point how many hours we've put into this. It would be interesting to try to you know, add it up because they, people say 10,000 hours is when you get mastery of something, you know, I instantly think of that. What's that like worship song? Like I'd worship you for like 10,000 hours. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> There's a worship song. No, <laughs> no, no, 
I for sure was like high school was like tens of thousands of hours. I will worship on my knees. No, you're (laughs) conflating a bunch of different ideas. Ten thousand hours. No, there's like ten thousand blessings or something. (laughs) But there's also the the Macklemore song. Ten thousand hours seems like ten thousand years. It was on the heist. It was like the opening track. Maybe that's it also sounds like a worship song. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> For 10,000 hours, I'll worship you. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, but that is... You get in there and you worship for 10,000 hours. I for sure was like, God, I will, I promise. <clears throat> oh, you know, oh my gosh. That's high school, early college maze. <laughs> gosh. Okay, well, what am I to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there was an early sort of, uh, I don't know, whatever energy. I want to do an episode on energy someday. There was an energy, sort of a, a giddiness where it was self-indulgent and it was like in those early days we did want to go two to two and a half to three hours. Yeah. And it was always sort of utilizing a little bit of um, like self-control to end it. It was. Like, okay, it we've been was. at two hours now. We should stop, you know. And now we both, I think for the, like the last six months plus, we've been like, let's just make this a short one. Yeah. You know, and it's like we definitely want to talk and we're looking forward to it. But I just, I almost sense that you know, those early days, we were always doing a journey. We were always <laughs> so it was like you cut out the journey. journey. We'd be like tonight, we'd be like our ambivalence journey. You know, and it's like that's so funny in retrospect. But it's like we have gotten a little snappier. We've gotten like we're gonna start talking. Uh, I, I don't know want to say like cut out the fluff, but which like, is funny because we're now eleven minutes in. But I love this. No, no, I mean we're still doing tangents and stuff. I just think we don't have a five part outline and. And I think we have a little bit of a more down to earth, uh, like thought about like what we can accomplish in one episode. We're not like we're not solving ambivalence tonight. We're just talking about. No, it. I mean that's part of it. We'll never solve things. But I also <clears throat> think you brought this up recently. Of like when we were doing those journeys, we were also getting to know each other in that right, way. Right. Right. And Scott and I hang out a lot yeah. outside of this. And I think in the early days we weren't hanging out as much outside of the pod. And both of us weren't fulfilled in our work. Right. And now both of us are very fulfilled in a lot of other areas. Yeah, it's very interesting. And this is still, this is always a part of that. Like, I think both Scott and I believe, like, in whatever work we're doing, this less certain, more curious thing is, like, so tied up in all the, in our vocation. And we have other areas where less certain, more curious is emerging beyond the pod. It's like the pod is one piece of less certain, more curious. And then we have these other parts of our lives where less certain, more curious is a part of, for me, like, considering being a therapist it's like a huge premise for me and for you doing ministry and doing work reaching lots of people like lesser more curious brings that out yeah is a part of that i'm gonna be the next carl lentz (laughs) (laughs) jokes everyone this is jokes (laughs) there's an opening in the culture now i'm gonna fill it No, I can't. There's just no way. Um, no, I would. We would lose me as a friend. So sorry. <laughs> Jeez, that's really comforting. <laughs> just kidding, but like also that would be really hard if you became. Oh a my <laughs> gosh, there's just no way. It's there's all no jokes. Um, I'm not. I'm not smooth. At the end of the day, I'm not smooth. <laughs> that's true. There's just no way I could ever do it. I I can't. I mean, for anyone who's wondering, Carl Lentz is like an evangelical Hillsong pastor preacher. I don't know. Who's fallen from grace. Who's fallen from grace. (laughs) 
Mace watched the Hillsong documentary. I did. Uh, so <laughs> the first two parts, at least. Mace has an obsession with cults. <laughs> it's Hillsong and Colt. I that, do have that would an be good obsession with someday. cults. Cults would be a good episode. Cults. But I, but yeah, no, I mean, I know some people have been going to Hillsong concerts still, and Hillsong is still out here. No, I mean, it feels really complicated. Yeah. I was talking to one of our kids from our youth group, and they're like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it was just no. true ambivalence right yeah. there of like, I have this desire, but then there's something saying I shouldn't do it. I now feel ambivalent about it. So is it wah, is it wah, wah. is it sort of like a nod or conveying some sort of ambivalence that we haven't gotten into it yet? I think that is. I always think the phenomenological of how we go about the topic is a part of the topic. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For so sure. there is definitely a dancing happening. We're easing here. into it. Yeah. Okay. Wh- why do you think this topic was even br- considered and put on the table as a topic? Um, okay. Uh, okay. Or answer a different question. Ask yourself a question. <laughs> Sometimes it. I do like to yeah. do that, but no, I go like ahead. this question. I like <laughs> this question. I can go with it. Um, <laughs> yes, I you really <laughs> think about it there. I'm like, that's not the direction I was about to go, but you asked it and I will table the thought I had and the, the way I wanted to enter this conversation and I will go with it. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, I am an extremely ambivalent person. First off, mm-hmm. first and foremost, between Scott and I, I would say I win at being more ambivalent. Probably you win. Good job. Thank you. Um, a decisive thing to say, a non-ambivalent thing to non-ambivalent. say. Non-ambivalent. I think that's this is true. Um, I would say it is a fun topic because ambivalence, we also, Scott and I, in, in No Small Thing, we're really into different psychological topics and like things, not even just psychological, but more of like what makes up the mind? How does the mind work? What are aspects of the mind? How do we understand the world? Like all these pieces. Yes. And ambivalence is an interesting topic because it's something that I think a lot of us can relate to. We can go, oh my gosh, I feel ambivalent about it. And ambivalence is like a rich concept in terms of the model of the mind and, you know, the psychology of how we go about the world. Like I was, I'm started reading this one book called On Ambivalence. And it really is, I mean, I think, Freud is someone who brought the word ambivalence into a <coughs> new kind of bringing it forward. So that's kind of something that's in the air. And I'm, I'm studying a lot of psychoanalysis. So in my classes, ambivalence gets brought up a lot. And in certain, it's been really fun and connective and interesting finding people who struggle with ambivalence in a similar way that I do. And I think everyone struggles with ambivalence or experiences ambivalence. And it's, it's to me a very fascinating concept because it is kind of a deadlock place that is, I still don't have answers for. Like, I think ambivalence is probably one of the emotions I feel most and it is not, it's, it's very hard for me to move through. So I think to some extent I'm coming on here to try and talk about it as potential ways of working it out. Working like it I'm out. I'm trying to work out some ambivalence here by talking about Exercise it. Exercise the ambivalence. Yeah. Like there's, I, I'm, I, I say, we joke, we used to always say we're not experts. And I think that's like the key here. I'm like, I'm not an expert on ambivalence. I'm actually like, I'm, I struggle with the consequences of feeling ambivalent a lot of the time. And I'm, it's, it's a, it's a top theme that emerges for me as, (laughs) as ways in which I kind of get in my own way. Yeah. 
And so I think that's fascinating to talk about. Yeah, I think everybody is probably a little ambivalent. If you think if we're thinking Enneagram, it's like nine seem to be extremely ambivalent or can be in touch with it a little bit right. more, maybe, who knows. And then also, you know, I think the phenomenological, that that might be a tough, I mean, oh, that that's that's cool. really in my vocabulary these days. I love that I'm experiencing something that I don't really have the words for. All exactly, I know is exactly. like I'm feeling the phenomenon is here though. Yeah, I feel suspicious. I don't I can't I don't know why. I don't know why. And I think it's just nice to be able to say it or at least have an agreement with people that you're in relationship with where it's like it's a, it's appropriate to just say all all I can tell you is I'm experiencing something. Right. Don't know where it's coming from. Right. I'm not God. But maybe it's helpful just to name it. Maybe it's coming from in me. Maybe it's coming from in you. Maybe it's becoming from the both of us. Maybe we're creating it together. But you have like a um, Ooh, tell stormy me what I ambivalence. A stormy Some ambivalence? Some people have like a dry ambivalence mm-hmm. or a boring, <laughs> dead ambivalence <laughs> or a sleepy ambivalence. Like I, I think sometimes I think of ambivalence and I'm thinking of like, oh, gosh, this, this person's so tedious. Like what? Like I don't know you what got I got nothing. There's no juice. Sometimes I'm like with certain people, there's no juice. I'm like, how was your day? Good. What did you do? You know. Okay, well, and then what? I, I was, it was nice. Would you, what do, you, what would you like to do tonight? Whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what. Which I don't know if that's ambivalence. Right. Well, well who that's knows? That's my wondering. That I, I actually don't know, but I, I have seen the relator that's bringing up a new concept for me that's adding to why what you're saying a stormy ambivalence. Yeah, I picture a big storm cloud over your head, full of. All the drips are all different sorts of emotions and, and, and thoughts, and it's just storming over you. And you're just like kind of frowning and, and, and scowling and, and trying to smile too through it. And, and you're just like, ah, and I'm watching it happen. I'm like, gosh, you're, you're experiencing a lot over there. You're experiencing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is when Scott and I joke about switching brains and we both I think I, I don't know who would be scarier. I think I might I don't know. I think you'd be scarier. Like going in my brain. Yeah, I feel like you'd be you'd be so refreshed and happy being <laughs> in my brain. You know, I think this could be an age thing, but I, I remember actually being less ambivalent when I was younger. <laughs> Just the confidence about your yeah. own brain. I feel like I'm I a good, I'm true. a fairly good self editor. I do have ambivalence, and there are times where you've noticed me get stuck. God knows, but like in general, I'm like I'm going through the potential roadblocks for ambivalence that I've never really thought about this way. And I'm going, nope, 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 nope. And I'm just quickly discarding it. Which I think is this difference of like, I have an overactive superego. Right. And you have maybe, maybe a... a, a, a underdeveloped superego? I don't think underdeveloped, but like, on, and I think compare comparatively, we're to put them on the charts, mine would be above average and yours might be a little below average. Is that your average. way of saying you have a stronger brain than me? No, superego. <laughs> Super ego is totally not kidding. the brain. Yeah. Super ego is the, the tyrant. Yeah. You have a strong tyrant. Um, but also a good thing. It's yeah. a complicated thing. Yeah, you for know? sure. But uh, we're not going to problematize any of these things. Nope. Can't problem. Can't pathologize any of them. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't <laughs> do it. From that. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the sensation is for you. It just, it does seem. It does seem so complicated, you know? Yeah. You're so passionate. 
Yeah. No, which is, <laughs> I think, my downfall. So I'll, I'll get to this reading, but essentially what they this book proposes, and I think this is, I was like, this makes so much sense, is ambivalence arises from desire. Hmm. We have a desire, and then something comes in that counters the desire, and then we're stuck between what to do. Right. So maybe you're clarifying really quickly, uh, 22 minutes in, <laughs> but yeah, maybe, maybe what I was describing earlier is sort of indifference or lack of desire. Right. Which is not ambivalence. Right. Exactly. Right. It's like a completely different thing. Let me just read a dictionary definition of All ambivalence. Right. While I gather this, I suggested a ton of topics and you came back and finally said we could do energy or ambivalence. What drew you to ambivalence or what are your initial thoughts about this? I think what drew me to it was the assumption that you'd have a lot to say about it. <laughs> 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 okay, so the different... <laughs> great, then I'll have a lot yeah, to say. Yeah, Got great. It. Awesome. I'm here for it. Um, the dictionary definition is the state of having mixed feelings or contradictory ideas about something or someone. So I would say like... The primary ambivalence that we experience, I think on like the most basic level, is the love-hate ambivalent desire. Yeah. Like with our early caretakers, like and now I'm getting psychological with our early caretakers, oh, with uh, our with our close loved ones, with people that we are, you know, in deep relationship with, I do think you're at a good place when someone can have ambivalent feelings towards you. But that is painful and comes with a lot of working through. But it is the, I love and hate this person. Yeah. I love and hate this thing. I love, like, that I think is kind of a, a crux ambivalent point. And those are extreme binaries. But then it's like you could look at all kinds of different things as examples of ambivalence, which I'm trying to consider, like, what, I'm like, I would, I was thinking it, I was like, oh, how could I give examples of ambivalence? I'm like, well, I don't know what, what isn't ambivalent for me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess just take your house. Here we are in your house. <laughs> what about it? How do you feel about it? Love, hate? Definitely. Got some projects going around the building. Definitely. You have a lot of nostalgia, your art is up, memories have been made, and yet it does not seem like a very hospitable place for you these days. <laughs> this is true. I do have ambivalence about this. Uh, I actually almost think I borderline have less than, Im I think I have more clear... Oh, okay. Not as much ambivalence. Not as much ambivalence. It's, I <coughs> it's more hate these days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've turned a corner. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I've been reading this Esther Perel stuff and it just also seems like this idea of continuing to introduce. And, and I, I think what happens is somebody introduces an idea into our lives. And unless we're, it, I'm speaking for myself, I guess, but like, unless we are intentional about almost turning it into a mantra, we forget it. Like I was looking at my wake notes from the Peter Rollins conference the other day and we did a whole episode on conversion, right? which was based on those notes. And I was looking at, it, I was like, I forgot all about this. Right. This right. is good stuff. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I think this idea of like, 
enjoy the lack or right. or enjoy the frustration. Life is frustrating. Like you kind of want it to be frustrating. Right. Because uh, what else? What are the other options? And I guess all these things are sort of sexual too. Oh, you for know? sure. I mean, I think ambivalence is like the key to sexuality. Right. Well, that's what I was saying. Esther <laughs> Perel, it's like, you know, it's like helping couples who might be experiencing some dryness or boredom. It's like, well, basically the domesticization, domesticity, domesticity, uh, yeah, domesticity so. sort of kills that ambivalence probably. Right. Right. And sort of you choose safety and certainty mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. excitement and ambivalence mm-hmm. and that push, pull, love, hate, mystery, storminess probably. Right. Um, and it's like, I think her work is trying to get people to to see, interrogate that. I'm like, why did you do this? Or, or, or at least consider the trade-off with wide eyes. Right. Which, I, I, I this is so funny because <coughs> I'm having this thought, and I'm like, it's because of what you said, but it may not seem like it's because of what you said. But this is where my brain went. <laughs> Everything uh, you say has to be based on what I say. Well, I'm just, I'm just hearing you talk, and I'm like, well, it's also making me think about, you know, we've talked about this recently of like, and this is based off one of my classes where we talk about the horizon is complexity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we're also trying to consider here. Like the horizons complexity, we're always working more towards complexity. And I have two thoughts because my first thought is, well, shit, I'm starting to realize that if the horizons complexity, there's going to be people who aren't thinking the horizons complexity and judging me for trying to hold things more complexly. Yeah. Oh, you have two thoughts. So make sure you mark your other thought and respond. Like, yeah, I think, I think what people have, th- what what a lot of the project is in, in humanity is saying there is complexity and our job is to simplify it. Mm-hmm. And we're sort of saying the opposite. We're going in a different direction. We're saying we're going to keep complexifying things. And, right. and maybe there are spaces and containers where it's like, yeah, you know, we need to have some safety regulations. I need to know that the seatbelt works. You know, I'm like, well, right. it's complex. Well, you know, it's like, yeah, but when it comes to meaning, and when it comes to our minds and when it comes to communities and society and philosophy and getting along in the world, complexity. Yeah, which just makes it so hard. Like, I think I'm struggling currently with like, and this is probably maybe some ambivalence that's yeah. actually occurring in me of like, what do we do with, you know, I'll just speak for myself right now and say that like, I've been wondering a lot around like the complexity of being trans and sometimes having differing opinions or a different experience and then also considering well what does the trans community say about something and then taking it in as if I should it because this is what the community is saying or what someone like honestly maybe just one person I've interjected from the community has said that I think I must feel that way right and well maybe it's more complex than that maybe and it's it's like a disservice to consider that something needs to be a monolith, that something is a monolith. And yet sometimes I feel like, well, if I bring some complexity to this, is it going to be received? Like, is there room for me to bring complexity to something? These are like all internal thoughts. Like I actually haven't experienced anything outside of my own brain. Like I'm working with people that live inside my brain, (laughs) (laughs) which, but I think there's ambivalence there of like, how to consider operating in the world, con- like, 
and I think there's part of it to me too is, and this is something that one of my professors recently named in my class of like, you're going to go and be a therapist and being a therapist, you kind of have to see or have to and are choosing to look at people in their complexity in a very specific way because you're in that interpersonal thing. And then you're going to then also need to go and be an advocate in a way that's not quite as individualized and complex. Like you have a, I'll just speak because this is my own experience. You have a trans client, you're working with them. It's complex. You can work with their specific complexities that will arise between the two of you. And also you go out and be an advocate in the world and advocate for their rights. And it's, you're doing a different thing there. I don't, I, I don't know what I'm saying here anymore. That's great. I'm that, losing track. The horizon's complexity. You're <laughs> right. in a good spot. You know you're in a good spot. Uh, it's If you don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I think I'm just really trying to work with like how, like how maybe ambivalence and complexity differ. Because ambivalence doesn't feel quite as, like ambivalence feels like complexity without security. Yeah. It feels like floating and unresolved mm-hmm. complexity and multiplicity I think are are things that can be brought into the conversation around ambivalence because I think multiplicity like oh I have different desires I have different things going on I can acknowledge them and then work with them feels different than the ambivalent feeling which feels stuck mm-hmm. like there's something about ambivalence that has a stuckness quality but I don't know how you get between the two. Like the line between ambivalence and holding your multiplicity and complexity feels like a tightrope that like is constantly being walked, you know? Yeah. Is this making sense? It's making sense. I don't know if I totally relate, you know, that's, that's you. (laughs) I mean, I, I mean, it's not like I, maybe I just need to get in touch with some of that stuff a little bit more, but like also I think something that you're bringing up that I, I know you already know is, you know, you're creating a youth group called rebel. Everybody gets to bring their authentic self to the conversation. Right. Right. And that's at least the space we're wanting to make. So maybe there are spaces out there where that's not allowed or not valid for whatever reason. Um, I I'm honestly, I think it's mostly in my head. <clears throat> like, I think there's a certain way in which I, in this, I literally had to name it at the top of this episode. I interject things and then create big imaginary characters in my brain of like big super ego imaginary characters that are like very harsh and I, I'm, 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 it's something I'm working with currently of like, well, what do I do with these, you know? And, and are they real, you know? Well, I guess that's what's happening. It's like you, you do that to other people. <laughs> and then you're afraid people are Says doing the Shiley. same thing. You can't, it's hard for you to comprehend that other people aren't doing that. I know. You know? <laughs> I know, I know it's hard because I think, yeah, I think I'm in this place of starting to realize it, but then I'm also like, eh, now I'm going to project it onto everyone because I don't want it to be from inside me. <laughs> Right, Please, no, exactly. That's you. it. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like I'm nitpicky in a Seinfeldian way. We just got done watching all of Seinfeld, and it's like I can get really kind of humorously nitpicky about all sorts of little slights and ticks right. and quirks throughout the day from people. But I think you have more of a meta, all encompassing, godlike judgment, <laughs> unlike the morality of people. No, I know, but that's the thing is, it's it's really morality is something yeah. really hot on my mind. Yeah, you know, like I've got a good bad split pretty much always on like it's like ha, 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 I'm right here ready to come in and say something's good or bad right and ready to tell you you know what's good complexity and what's bad complexity like 
it's it's complex uh, but like are you doing complexity right are you doing complexity <laughs> good is, uh, is it is it well done is someone gonna get hurt like that's always the last question is someone gonna get hurt if yeah. if something if if something goes awry Ay, ay, ay. Is my complexity going to hurt someone? Is my simplicity going to hurt someone? Where do I go? LOL, my ambivalence is here. <laughs> it's interesting to think that I've gone this far in life. I, I've probably hurt a lot of people, but like I've never really, from my perspective, done like any sort of lasting damage to anybody. You know what I mean? So it seems like the the That you fantasy, know of. Right. <laughs> the <laughs> fantasy of damage is is probably not something to dwell on especially for somebody so vigilant as you I mean there's so many assholes out in the world who do unspeakable damage every day of their life with their words and actions and deeds i know i know it's you an know? interesting thing it's a very interesting thing <laughs> they I did read a book that specifically was like this is why you're a therapist. Yeah. Like yeah. this is oh, why you want to be a therapist. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Therapists have an over concern of their harm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm cautious for sure. I just have never had it so epic as you. I've never been, I've been cautious. I mean, I, I'm, I'm the type of person that's like, if I, if I noticed that it might've harmed somebody, I, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, do I apologize. Of course I'm doing that. But I, I'm just not so freaked out, you know? Um, I don't know. I guess it's probably has to do with our holding environments and our early childhood That's development. What I'm, I'm working it out. Yeah. I'm yeah. working it out. But honestly, I do think on the flip side, you're a person for my taste who I prefer because of the energy. You know, I think this ambivalence provides a intense amount of energy. So like you're very, you know, it's very cool to be around you. Like very I so, hard I, to read. What can yeah, I, I sometimes say? say like for you, I try to say this in a comforting way. It's like, you, you don't need to worry about all these things you did or say or do blah, 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 like these, right, because right. it's just more about being around you. It's just like being around you is fun. Yeah. You, you know, that's nice. You don't need all these little nitpicky things you're doing. Like, did I say this? Type? It's like, uh, it's just your energy. I know, but imagine I'm so curious about the day. If a day, if I could live a day and say, turn off the vigilance, mm-hmm. you know, what would I be like? Would I still be cool? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's the neurotic. Would I would I still be <clears throat> like would would the energy be appreciated? I and that's like I that's that's clearly something speaking there. Yeah, you know? yeah, it like, is. I mean, it's like it's like what people say they're they're afraid to become not an alcoholic because they're afraid it'll ruin their art. Right. Like they're afraid they think their addiction fuels their art, or right. Right. you know, and it's like I right. Mean, like if I drop being vigilant, then I might become bad. <laughs> bad <laughs> the thing is is that i think i think your ambivalence is enjoyable i just think sometimes it get, gets cranked up too loud or something well that's we're, I'm, i feel like my i mean also vigilance would be an interesting vigilance ambivalence episode, yeah an interesting episode um but yeah no i know in this book unfortunately i only read the first two chapters and i didn't get to it but it was titled and I, when we come back from our break which we should start winding over to our break. Um, one second, everyone. Uh, this book is titled On Ambivalence. Okay. The okay. computer is taking its time. This, ta- this book is titled On Ambivalence, uh, 
the problems and pleasures of having it both ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. something about pleasure in here. Yeah, that's, totally. No, you no. know, an interesting aspect to it. Yeah. But I do think it comes with problems as well. And I like that of having it both ways. You know, that's what ambivalence is wanting. Like You do want it both ways. I want it both ways. You do. 100%. All the time. 100%. Yeah. On everything, I yeah. want it both ways. I'm like, why can it not be both ways? Yeah. And it's a little bit like demanding yeah. that I want it both ways. It can be, it can work for me or it can be like, it just can't be both ways. You yeah. know, you're going to have to trust something here. Right, right, you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, okay, should we go into our break? Well, I mean, maybe what I'm experiencing as we're talking, as we're winding down is like, maybe we don't use ambivalence really properly in everyday language. Probably. You know, I'm feeling ambivalent about that. It's like, well, I think, I think. Well, I mean, no, like I'm feeling mixed emotions about that. Mixed emotions. But I think sometimes when I've used it, I think I'm meaning indifference. Mm. You know? Yeah, which is not the same. Yeah. I think ambivalence is actually like painfully not indifferent. Right. It is painfully not indifferent. I'm thinking somebody goes, I just don't have an opinion on it. That's not ambivalence. No, I don't think that's ambivalence. Yeah. Unless maybe, maybe it's ambivalence buried. I, I will say, I, I, I know this isn't like the place for white people to speak. I'm not even going to say a opinion. I, I would say I am feeling ambivalence about Will Smith. That brings up all sorts of ambivalence. And I think society is feeling ambivalent right now. You know, I think all types of people are feeling ambivalent. You know, and I'm trying to look at all the commentary and who's saying the right thing, you know. The right thing. <laughs> I know, I know. Right. Um, and especially it was really interesting cause it's like, I mean, I guess if this starts to get into that dimension where you're like, I don't like the vibe of what is being said, Scott, we can cut it. But, but I think honestly trying to pay attention to black voices this, this last week. And so even this morning I woke up and Wanda Sykes, black queer woman, uh, co-host of the Oscars was very firmly not here for the Will Smith thing. So some people are like, Oh, well this is like defending black women. And Wanda Sykes is like, Hey, I was a co-host. We worked really hard to create a space for everybody and sort of wrecked that. And I'm a comedian. I don't like the idea that any comedian. So it's like in, there's different voices and they're all extreme. There are different voices. And again, I, this is really like, I think not our place to have an opinion. I didn't have an opinion. I'm just saying what I've noticed. Right. But I think (laughs) that is, yeah. Noticing that there is a lot of different, differing desires, differing perspectives, differing yeah. things to consider. And can they all be, can they all have, held. can they all be held? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's definitely not indifference. I'm not no. like, I'm, I'm indifferent. There's no indifference. There's yeah. a lot of ambivalence. Uh, okay. Um, taking a break. We're going to come back and we're going to actually read something s- substantive mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a little conversation about it. Hopefully get the juices flowing. And that won't be long, everybody. This is a, we're doing some shorter episodes these days. Shouldn't we'll get some juices flowing? We'll have some thoughts on it, and then we'll send you on our way. When we come back, our way. Hey, everybody, hope you're enjoying this episode on ambivalence. I gotta say, I'm feeling ambivalent about doing this call to action. I'm excited about it and not so excited about it. I'm kind of confused, but I'm going to do it anyway. We have some suggestions on how you can support the podcast. The same thing every time, but maybe this is the first time you've heard these suggestions. So the first one is that you can give us a rating and review on iTunes. That is the most preferable. The thing I'm most here to say 
is folding my hands in front of you and saying, please give us a rating and review. Not too proud to beg. Asking for a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, that's, that's the big request. Also, you can post about us on your social media. So whether that's TikTok, Facebook, MySpace, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever it is that you do. Uh, a, a quick post about us on your social media would be fabulous. Finally, actually two more things. You can support us on Patreon. We have a Patreon. Just go to Patreon and look for No Small Thing. And you can also check out our website and buy some merch. Have fun with that. Okay, those are some quick ways you can support the pod. Hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Hope this wasn't a nuisance. And now we will get back to our conversation on ambivalence. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome <laughs> back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We're going to have all sorts of ditties. I am going to be reading the opening, like, introduction, two, three pages on from this book as a conversation starter by the author Kenneth Wisebrod. Wisebrod. Um, it's, mm. The book is titled Honor Nibblance. The problems and pleasures of having a both ways. I will say this book. This book begins with uh, a nod to Adam and Eve, which I find interesting. I'm offended. Trigger I mean, warning: Adam and Eve. Like honestly, trigger Biblical warning: trauma. Christianity <laughs> being centered, classic. I'm, I'm, I definitely was like, you're really, a Christian supremacist. Really, this began with Adam and Eve. Come on! But then I'm like, all right, it's interesting. <laughs> okay. You know, we gotta, <laughs> guys. I have an inner. I think. I mean, let me just do a little. Uh, Sidebar, this this is the problem with the Bible and Adam and Eve and all these stories is that they're they've been they've been made into such one dimensional little allegories with one take on it. It's like there's infinite takes on what we can do with this Adam and Eve story. Well, I think there's so many takes on Adam and Eve. Well, what was your he- what was your hesitation then? It's centering like the Bible. Oh gosh, yeah, okay. I'm like Adam and Eve. There's so many takes on Adam and Eve, and it's like thinking in terms of like cosmologies. Uh, oh, it's like right. it's centering like kind of, especially because Christianity has been co-opted by whiteness. It's centering like a white cosmology. <laughs> it just reminds me of when Lenny Duncan spoke in the youth group, and I just have that voice ringing through my head because I thought it was such a nice. I watched the reel so many times because I made it. He's like. They were like, you better, you better create your own cosmology before they put one on you. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> which is like an origin story. So yeah. I think that because this has been so co-opted by like whiteness and evangelicalism, I'm like, okay, we're going with this cosmology. All right, <laughs> all right. It's but, a, it's universal. But that's not, it's not universal. You are, uh, no, good point. That, that, I, that's I strike the point. that from the record. That's the point that I'm trying to say. I is take that it it's back not and I apologize. But it's. It's it's acted as if it's universal. Yes, good point. And that's where I'm. I like, was just, I was just setting you up for a really good point and making you. you look good. Thank you. <laughs> okay, good cop, bad so, cop. um, but I'm gonna read how this. Playful, in, we're being. Uh, we're being so so playful. I cannot believe it. I'm gonna read this anyways. <laughs> Here we go. It began. I kind of want to make it Steve. It began with Adam and Steve. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do we or don't we eat the apple? Why not? Says Steve. Why, wonders Adam. They chose half-heartedly, and nothing was ever the same again. This is a guide to thinking about the condition of ambivalence in the present moment. It is a condition worse than most because it can lead to catastrophe. It is so ubiquitous that many people accept it as normal and blur the difference between yes and no. 
Making a choice gives one a 50% chance of being right. Ambivalence would seem to give one a 100% chance of losing out. Whoa. So why do we persist in it? Woo! Ambivalence lies at the core of who we are. It is something more subtle and more devastating than human frailty. Weaknesses can be remedied. Ambivalence comes rather from too much ambition. Desire begets dissatisfaction and vice versa. Oh boy. Optimization becomes a fetish. Your whole life. This is your whole life. <laughs> Wanting the best means that we must have both or even all and are reluctant to give up any option lest we pull up the roots of our desire. That is why ambivalence is so hard to confront, understand, or master, and why it can be so disastrous. Most of us know this, yet we continue to deny it. Woo! You just read a chapter? It's like the opening yeah. it's the opening thing. Okay. What stood out to you there? <laughs> 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 I think the line of optimization becomes a fetish. Wanting the best means that we must have both or even all and are reluctant to give up any option lest we pull up the roots of our desire. Yeah, I'm almost feeling like there is a consumeristic... Lest we pull up the roots! There's, there's, the ambivalence is starting to take on a really hairy meaning to me. It, it seems like a dragon... <laughs> I'm like I'm I'm picturing all of a sudden like the dragon from Narnia came into my head where it's like a big I mean I don't know why it's Narnia but but you could say Lord of the Rings or any any dragon narrative but like a, a big dragon hoarding a bunch of treasure you know it's like this this it's this like insatiable need almost I I I didn't I didn't tie it to desire as much as i am tonight no i know I, can i read one more wanting it both thing? ways wanting it both ways. that's really consumeristic i want it all um i'm gonna read one more thing because it's just as good if that's cool it's not cool i don't want to read it okay. just kidding <laughs> um <laughs> i'm like okay then i won't Fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, what okay one of the first manifestations of ambivalent behavior for many of us because we're talking about it, is with appetite do i really want that extra piece of pie do I need that diamond ring? Of course we want these things. At the same time, we do not. Or some part of ourselves we call our conscience gives us second thoughts, which appear in the form of a contradiction. No, I don't really want or need that. So the most basic type of ambivalence originates with desire, namely in the contradiction between the heart and the head. At some point, the question of do I or don't I want then becomes do I or don't I do. Ooh. Between wanting and doing, desire and action lies ambivalence. It joins doubt with confinement, appetite with volition, while at the same time dividing them from one another and from their opposites in practice. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like what it's saying is that it's like this liminal space between the moment the desire comes and then the action that follows the desire. Yes. And in that time is the ambivalence. In the what you the, the desire comes and then the 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 con the contrarian that comes in and makes the desire all of a sudden merd. 
Blurred? <laughs> Blurred? <laughs> <laughs> Marred? <laughs> what were we saying? <laughs> that was a glitch in the matrix just there. Murky? <laughs> Murky is good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't uh, know. That's good. Um, no. Yeah. Contrary. contrary. I think one of the things that comes up for me is my constant um, back and forth with health. It's like, oh, yes, I, I really do. believe it. That's why I want to do an episode on the good life. Like, I think generally I am living a, the good life from what my perspective. What do you mean by the good life? Um, I read an article. I guess give us three minutes to, to go off on a little tangent. I read I read the writing life by Annie Dillard, mm-hmm. and she was spelling out. She she did a whole chapter on the, like a well researched chapter on the different writing habits of famous writers, mm-hmm. and it sounds so wonderful. Like here was this here's how this writer spent their day. Here's how this writer spent their day. One writer it was like, you know, wake up, journal, go on a walk, and then. Every writer has that time where they're doing their bulk of their writing. And right, it's like right. three hours of dedicated writing. Another walk. Um, come home. Finish up some stuff. Like look back over what you wrote for the day. And then time for your four o'clock cigar. You know. Right. And th- and then you're done. Right. And that's the writing life. It's <laughs> like especially if, the f- if you've become a successful writer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think reading the book Quiet about introversion. You know she, she really says over and over again. You can have Whatever life you want, whatever whatever pace works for you, you know, f- figure out the times in your day where you're the most energized and just indulge in that. Find those pockets. And yeah, I, I wonder sometimes, I think the podcast is part of what I would consider the good life. I'm like, we set up a, se- a little pocket of time for ourselves. Where we're going to have some fun. And I, I really try for myself, and I think you do too in your own way. Like, I do try to have drinks and make it fun and relaxing and, and, yeah, the good life. I don't know. I don't. I think it's full of meaning and friendships and uh, purpose and you know, everybody should probably. This is. I don't want to use the word should have have a little something, some some areas they're engaging in and giving back to or trying to fix or push up against. It probably does involve some efforts of activism or abolitionism or something like that. But like in the midst of that can be joy and in the midst of that can be love and. So yeah, I was like, what's the good life? <laughs> I know. I found myself interesting when you said the good life. I was like immediately very resistant. Yeah. Which is an interesting well, thing. Well, I just want to be curious about what the good life would be. Right. Because right, I'm like, because I instantly go into like who has access to the good life. Well, yeah. But I mean, when we talk to like people like Gabe's Torres, it's like, I think people that are saying we're divesting from capitalism and we're Right. We're trying to create this otherwise. Yeah. Naps are protest. Right. Joy is protest. Right. Love is protest. No, and I think that's where I was like, aliveness feels like where I'm like, what is it? Be, what is it to be alive? Which I guess would be is in my mind the good life mm-hmm. is or what seeking towards the good life. Right, you're doing the episode, guys. We're back to ambivalence. <laughs> we're ambivalent but about so ambivalence. We're avoiding good life it. for me is like I, I wonder about that. What motivates me sometimes is like I have this fantasy. If you looked at my Instagram, like for you page or whatever spotlight, it's always bodybuilders no scots is so funny it's just what i end up clicking on and i think i'm gonna like inspire myself and i do have a pretty intense workout schedule (laughs) but i kind of shoot myself in the foot because i'll never really get past where i'm at right now despite i'll probably go on a 15 mile run tomorrow uh but then i 
like good food and drinks in the evenings. And I'll, my friend Eddie is coming over on Saturday night. We're going to drink and smoke cigars. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I need to get totally. People are no, just, I guess just even this idea. I guess I'm, I, I find myself feeling resistant and ambivalent around ambivalence around like this, even this idea of, I, I feel actually ambivalent about this. Cause I think we've watched the Moses. We, Moses suddenly was this interesting person who like, sculpted his body in this artistic way but i also feel resistant around like the ways in which we're like bodies should look a certain way well that's my point yeah but, but that's exactly my point yeah so so that's that's what i'm saying it's like we're talking to these guys and my friend leif who is an ultra mirror so that's where the episode gets cut off everybody uh, this is scott back with my janky um audio from my memos on my iphone um so yeah bummer that it got cut off but hopefully you enjoyed that episode and you know i'm actually behind on editing so if you're listening and you're ready for a new episode i'm probably going to upload our episode on energy in the next few hours so if 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 you are left wanting more and slightly frustrated and you want to keep vibing with the podcast uh we'll have another uh, episode on energy coming up um in, in just a few hours i mean if you're listening to this years from now that doesn't even mean anything to you but if you're wanting to binge no small thing content, <laughs> that's how you can do it. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks for being gracious with us. We are indeed just good enough podcasters, but we are grateful that you listen. Okay, uh, see you next week or see you on the next episode.